Experts of tomorrow. I'm Robin. And I'm Laura. And we are two experts in training on life's big questions and little concerns. Despite it being 2020, we made it back for another week, despite all the things that have happened, which we will cover. But before we get to that, Laura, how are you? I I think I'm pretty good. I had a I had a good weekend. Um this podcast is delayed, so uh, I had a three-day weekend, so that was really nice because of Labor Day, and um, like school has... I had was, four days. You had four days? Girl, yeah. I was like, what is for me? <laughs> I know it was a three-day weekend. I was just holding up four fingers. <laughs> yeah. I'm holding up one. Guess which one? <laughs> I'm number one. Got it? Um, so it was nice to have like a three-day weekend. I got to see my family, so that's nice. And, um, it was just nice to have a break and then like school is like in full swing. So like I didn't have class on Monday and then for whatever reason, my Wednesday class is like, we're also celebrating Labor Day and I'm like <laughs> noted and totally fine with that. So, um, yeah, so yeah. We had Friday off like mysteriously, you know, as like a yay you day and I celebrated by hauling myself out of bed and doing like a memorial swim for my mom, my friend's mom, and then helping a friend test out a bike route for like an Olympic distance triathlon he wants to put together in town. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it turned out to be an emotionally weighty day as like several people at our gathering were going through some intense like grief and loss. So. That was day one. All I can tell you is my car has this thing where the air comes out of the tires like all the time. And I stopped at this gas station and it just like my blood sugar was so low. I went in and I was just like, I need quarters, ATM, caffeine, what? And like, I don't know. I'm not sure where that day went, but I remember that it ended with me buying two pizzas. So that seems I mean, that seems very legitimate and I support that wholeheartedly. Yeah. So we were talking offline and you said that there's not going a lot, there's not a lot going on with your school lately. And so I have a school related question for you. Okay. All right. What do we do? Obviously everyone's, everyone's coming to us for advice. Ops. What do we do about all these people who are like trying to homeschool their kids right now? Cause it, it does not seem like it's going well. What is our what is our take? Because my TikTok is full up of angry people who are like, I made it through one day. Thank God it was a war zone, but we did it. And I'm almost like, we need to offer a solution. I mean, part of the challenge is like, are they homeschooling or is like their school virtual? Their school's that- virtual. Okay. 
because like homeschooling you have like complete control over and so you just need homeschooling to- like you signed up for that so that's a that's a separate issue we cannot address we the accidental not. homeschooling but I mean, like of- forced homeschooling mm-hmm. yeah no it's it's really it's a really hard and very delicate thing to like figure out um I have a friend who has like teenage boys who are in like middle school and um, freshmen in high school. And so like, she has like a designated space and like a designated time of like when they're supposed to like do things and like do different things. And that has helped her. Um, but like, it's really hard. Cause I think some schools are asking like really little kids to sit in front of a computer screen for like synchronous class. Yeah. Um, at a, at a like age of like seven for like three and a half hours and like teachers are like I'm not sure they're even like developmentally able to do that like in an engaging way or whatever so yeah, yeah. it's real real hard I'm almost thinking like just record I know there's like this back and forth but I'm almost like just record the basics of what you need them to learn that day and like let the parents choose to have them watch it or not and then have like each teacher has like a block each week where they're available for like three hours for questions or something. I don't know. That's not a perfect solution, but I don't know. I saw a really cool thing for on teacher TikTok that I'm on. Um, cause you're on parent TikTok. I'm on, I'm on teacher yeah. TikTok. Um, in which like it was like an add in or something that they could do for like virtual breakout rooms. And you would like label them to like be able to talk to the teacher. And that's where the teacher waits like Mm -hmm. be able one that's like engaging so you can like ask talk about class together with cameras on and microphones on there's a quiet room in which you can chat with typing or a quiet space where there's no communication and so like kids choose which one they want to go to based on their like needs and like desires Mm. of how much communication they want to do to like do the different assignments and then their breakout room. So then when the teacher needs to make like, you know, five minutes until we all like meet up again, she can make that announcements instead of having like different, just like assigning students to groups that may or may not be like conducive to what they're interested in. Like letting them self-select. Mm-hmm. I also wonder if like, if you're going to have live class, then I think the students should have their videos on. And so that makes me think that live class shouldn't be mandatory because not every kid is in an environment where you can have a video on. But I've seen all these like college kids where every single person has their video off except the teacher. And it's almost like, well, then just let that let that individual record the class for you and watch it later or something. It seems kind of cruel to the teacher to make them like sit up there with their video. Like, have you been in a meeting yet where most people have their video off, but you have your video on? Like, it's super draining. Yeah. So the president of my the president of my university does like weekly meetings. And so like, she is always like, please have your camera on. I would like to see you, you know, like, and right. like maybe a third of people actually do. And that's like adults, adults, um, professionals or whatever who are And like, I get it. Like people are at home and they don't want this and they don't want that. But part of me is also like, get your zoom shirt. I mean, just, like it's so it's so much worse if people don't have their camera on that it's almost like why are they there sorry i never have my phone on but for some reason i had it on today anymore i just have it off all the time like i have the sound off all the time Mm -hmm. uh whatever so 
Yeah, I think like, okay, to me, what's not working is all the for- forcing kids a certain number of hours a day, forcing them to be on a live class, forcing them to have the video on. Like, I think if people are there with videos on, then everyone has their camera on, unless you have some like special reason. But- yeah, so what was interesting or a new conversation that kind of came up with like school or whatever is that like a professor was requiring people to um, do like a video of them answering like different questions or doing like a certain task or doing something or whatever. And like the student had like a lot of privacy issues with that and like having their image available on the internet was very concerning for them. And so like trying to come up with like an alternative um, plan for them because of Uh, of those kinds of security concerns. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't think if it's going to be live online or like publicly available online. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the student didn't seem to have an issue like participating in live class, but like it was the yeah. assignments and like not knowing what was going to happen with those images and those types of things. So like figuring yeah. that out. And that was like an issue that, um, you know, our, our university has to like figure out because like this isn't something that we were planned on. So like trying to figure yeah. out and accommodate all those all those needs and things. I mean, theoretically, you could have the videos be like accessible online, like password protected stream only. I mean, you could rip a video still, like you could copy it mm-hmm. and save it, but how many kids are, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I get it though. Yeah. And so, so like the, you know, with like an avatar instead, like, you know, with the iPhone, you can have those like face mm. things over your face and different things like that. But it was just, it was just like an interesting thing that like um the student ended up switching to a different like section of the class that didn't have that requirement but yeah um it raised the issue and so like our dean is looking into it of like what accommodations and what standards we can have so that you know a student has the right to like privacy yeah those types of things i know because a part of me wants to be like well what's the point if someone's speaking to you and you have your microphone and your video off what's the point of being there live like theoretically you could ask questions at the end, but you could still have a separate like Q and a period if people didn't attend the class. I don't know. I think, I think there needs to be like more modularity to it where like parents could decide how many classes that their students should take or like kids should decide how much time they spend. Cause I've been to the, I've been to the day long zoom meeting, like the seven and a half hour. And it's like, it's real draining. It's yeah. Honestly, they're, they're terrible. <laughs> like, I think conferences could be different when, again, though, like you want to be able to have the option to, to turn the camera off. So then it's like, how do you find that balance mm-hmm. between like someone speaking and wanting to interact and like forcing a five-year-old to be on Zoom for three hours a day? Like we started off at my company or like my team started off doing Zoom meetings five days a week because I thought that was something that we initially needed. And I think we did. And then we kind of have cut it back to three times a week, just recognizing that there was Zoom fatigue. Like I got to a point months ago, months ago when I just, when I refused to do any non-work Zoom calls, like it was fun to, to Zoom with friends. And then it just totally lost the allure for me when I was like on Zoom for hours every single day. And now I'm like, feel much more comfortable just saying, I did a couple of things last week where the person was like, oh, is it video? And I was like, no, you know what? It's just going to be an audio call. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't like it's yeah, it's stressful. 
and I'm someone who does get like recorded a lot and like, that's part of what I do. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's stressful because you feel like God forbid you didn't sleep well, or you have a bad hair day, like things that are minute. Now that's alive on the internet forever Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like potentially not within your control. So yeah, that's uncomfortable sometimes, but I try to tell myself that like, I'm not that important and no one is stalking me, but I could certainly imagine like being a teenager anyway. Yeah. I see your cat's coming in on the action today. Yes. He's needy today. Uh, Advice. The world's on fire. What do we do? No. So I'm trying this thing, Laura, where I'm trying to like, one, not say like as much. Not that that one's not going well. Nailed it. <laughs> but to express myself in a more authentic way, we've talked about this. So I'm on this like month long thing where I'm trying to do less filtering and to express my honest opinions, like still in a constructive way, but to filter out less of my dissenting opinions or like things that I might otherwise just not share because it's easier. And this is supposed to help me figure out who I am, which is a tall order for any of us. But here's where I've arrived with this is in half a dozen to a dozen different situations, I went ahead and like said, said my thing, shared my opinion. And I'm at a now what point with that? So like in some cases, like on a Facebook group I shared and people agreed and a few people didn't and it just, it naturally moved on. That seemed fine. But I find that the harder, the better I know the person I'm saying it to, the harder it is to respond to their response. So if it's someone I know really well and I say, I don't know if I agree with that, I think we should do it this way. And then it's kind of, a lot of times it kind of fizzles out and I'm, it's unclear to me if I'm supposed to double down, you know, or like, I'm sometimes not really sure what the quote unquote authentic next step is, you know, because it's really hard not to say like right now, <laughs> it's, I'm not sure it's so new that I'm not sure what my actual thought is in some cases. I haven't been disagreeing with people or I haven't been saying these things. So when we get to that point of them saying, oh, I don't know, maybe, then now what? I mean, so like the next step would be to have like the dialogue, right? To Like if you're saying, I think we should do this and they say, I don't know, then aren't you supposed to like follow up and say like, well, what do you think instead? Yeah. And I've done some of that of saying, what's the rationale behind this but i'm not sure like in one case the person kind of didn't respond and it was happening online and it was something where i thought should i reach out again and then it's like a let's call it an organization that i'm involved with and they do some things that i think are not inclusive of people who are not middle to high income and not white. And so this plays out in different ways, but they just sent me a survey. So I have an opportunity to, to, to say it in a more direct and re- like 
responding as requested way. Mm-hmm. But my question is, say, say the response is, oh, like, thanks for sharing that feedback. We'll think about it. These things aren't, aren't as dialogue producing as I had thought. Or if someone says they want to do something and I say, oh, interesting idea. What's the goal here? And they say that and, and then I don't agree with the goal or I don't agree with the way they're going about it. It's still their thing. So it's kind of strange to me to be in that position of like they might semi agree, semi disagree, or just say like, oh, I didn't intend da 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 da. And then it kind of just ends. And so I guess I'm figuring out like, am I the kind of person that comes back and says, well, this is why. Or, you know, because in a way, what's the point of speaking up if you don't follow through? But I also don't want to hammer someone or hammer a point where it's not my original idea or it's not a group that I lead or worse of all, worst of all, maybe it's a group that I was even asked to help lead. And I said, I no thanks, you know, and then I feel like I can't, it's like, what does the ongoing dialogue look like? Cause the hardest thing isn't bringing up the point of dissent. It's maintaining the relationship after you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I find this really hard to talk in generalities about. Um, silly. Cause I'm not sure like specifically what, what you mean. I, I mean, part of it is like you, you raise the concern, they disagree, and then it's your choice of whether or not to continue that conversation or if it's worth your time and energy to kind of continue yeah. to do that emotional labor. Um, and if it is, then, then you do that. But if it's not, then either you like, don't help that organization in that way. You don't support them monetarily or you don't participate or whatever um, that way. Or you find like, like you have to learn to live with it. mm -hmm. Right. Because you're not going to leave every group you're a part of because they do something that you don't agree with, or maybe you would slowly kind of back away. So every group you're with is going to do something you don't agree with. So for me, so. so for me, I'm thinking about like my personal life. Like I had a friend make a comment to me about my dating life that I found very shitty. And (laughs) I am now like working on like what my response is. And this has kind of been a pattern for him that I have found problematic. And I want to be able to come at him in a place of love and understanding. But um, I'm afraid that like, if I have that conversation, then it will irrevocably change our relationship. And because of his position within our social structure, like having that conversation with him might impact my ability to function at like larger group functions where he is in attendance because people defer to him just kind of, yeah, by their... That being said, like if someone says something to you and your option is either not to address it, like they say something that like a whoa kind of comment and your option is don't address it or address it and the relationship is irrevocably altered. I mean, technically hasn't the relationship already been changed just by you being in that mindset? Right. But I could also, I could just also pretend like it never happened, which is two and a half years ago would have been my go-to reaction, right? Mm. Someone says something shitty I ignore it because 
to have a hard conversation is too hard. Right. Yeah. And I'm not sure I have like the emotional intelligence and the words in order to address the situation and explain it in a way that he can understand like what my concern about the comment was um, without him brushing me off or blowing me off because I feel like that will make me feel worse. Um, So like, that's my concern. So like, like you, I kind of struggle with like, what's the right reaction or whatever. Actually like exactly like mine where the person you were brave enough to like say it and then well yeah I feel like I kind of said it sideways because it was you know it was someone else's like Facebook post and I you know and it and it had all been discussed and I said what about this one point though this is concerning to me and it just wasn't addressed and I then I know that if I go back and I talk to the person about it or I bring it up in in some survey and they don't do anything that that would change how I felt about the group. But as I just said to you, I guess the truth is that that already has happened. And like, I've kind of, there's like certain, there's like certain things that I don't know. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to phrase this a different way. I'm going to like try a different angle. I feel like some of this stuff you could have you could have the fierce conversation, mm-hmm. but in like 2020 modern times, blah blah, it's really hard to to like keep any relationship afloat other than like your really close ones. And I think sometimes there's this genuine concern that you bring up something, it introduces friction to the relationship, and then the whole relationship or the whatever it is, like not romantic necessarily, but mm-hmm. like friends or whatever, and it just fizzles because nobody has the time to put genuine like heart and emotion and concern like people are like raising kids and working two jobs and traveling and getting fired and getting sick and 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 like if you introduce this little bit of friction like who's to say because it might be something that like works itself out over a series of series of conversations Mm -hmm. right like your situation and I can think of another one for me with like a group of friends where I was kind of like oh I'm not sure I think we should you know do something differently it's almost like you have to have that like that unsteadiness in the friendship and then have time for it to like grow back together. And I think one of my concerns and like, I've seen this happen with people where they have a disagreement and they fundamentally, I think both people kind of still want to be friends, but then it just ends up they're off kilter and then they never have, then they avoid each other for a while Mm -hmm. and then they never have enough time to like get back together and it kind of spoils the whole thing. Like it didn't have to, but Right. And I think like 2020 adds a layer because like we're not seeing each other as often. There aren't that many organic, like running into a person and a thing that you didn't think you would see them at. And so like, you can kind of like bury the hatchet that way. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And like, let's like, let's call a spade a spade here. I feel like when you're in your thirties and you don't have kids, friendships are really important Mm -hmm. and you can't bury your head in the sand and say, and you don't have the societally acceptable excuse of, oh, well, we got so busy with the kids. It's like, Mm no, no you have time for friendships and relationships. And so, yeah, 2020 has definitely complicated everything. Cause then you're like, is it social distance avoidant? Is it this, mm-hmm. is it that? And then you may or may not be reading into something into a situation that doesn't, that isn't really there. Like that's my always like my yeah. biggest concern is like, that I think there's like this huge issue or whatever, because we haven't talked and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, no, I'm right. just busy. And you're like, okay. <laughs> oh great but then but then that might be the other person's avoidance right you know 
Or is that really yeah. true? Yeah. I don't know. It's really hard. Making adult together? friendships in as an adult is much harder in your 30s than I was told. Yeah. I would have prevented my college friends from moving if I had known. <laughs> well, I'd be like, no, you cannot go to Portland. <laughs> it's terrible like- there. <laughs> I feel like there's also not this model. Like sometimes I feel like I'm playing with rules that we haven't all agreed on. Like I'm going to come out with it. Okay. Like, so say I decided, okay, I'm going to do a better job of expressing like my authentic disagreement. Well, who's to say that anyone else cares to do that. And maybe that just doesn't fit in with what they're doing or. Right. You know, because how, how many times can you have a fierce conversation with someone before you no longer have a friend? Right, yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's like my own insecurity, but yeah, I just, there are things that sometimes I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure, like, especially if I see a bigger picture issue mm-hmm. for someone and I, and I, I have a friend in mind who I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, I, I noticed that like you build something and then kind of blow it up and build something and blow it up. And this, this pattern, it's not you, by the way. Okay. So you know. <laughs> but like this pattern of like building and blowing up, like, sure, I'm happy to hear about each individual explosion, but I feel like if I was, I feel like, I want to say, I feel like if I was a better friend, but to put it more positively, like that there's a chance to improve the relationship by saying like, Hey, I noticed this pattern. Like, is this something that resonates with you? Um, yeah, I don't know. 2020 is a great time to do it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's so dicey. Mm -hmm. It's so dicey. And like none of our normal, like self-soothing mechanisms are on the table, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was trying to go to therapy once a year and I considered that like this year, I'm not even going to do it because it's virtual. And I'm like, I think honestly, another hour on Zoom, as much as I think, like, I believe in this concept of like, if you get a physical for your body, like go and get a physical mm-hmm. for your mind, like figure, figure, figure that out, make sure you're doing well, you're doing what you want to do, whatever. But I'm like, just the thought, the thought of like one more Zoom meeting and I don't have a person right now that's really solid for me. Like there's mm-hmm. a person I could go to, but had a lot of like billing administrative hassle with them. And I'm just like, not your favorite Zoom meeting. And then five hours of administrative nightmare because, you know, mm-hmm. they have some challenges with their paperwork and it's just like, bah. So. One hundred and one reasons why my sugar intake today is through the roof. <laughs> so last time we talked, I complained about people checking in with me to be like, is your white self okay? When there's like a bunch of black people who are saying mm-hmm. like, they're killing us, they're killing us. Okay. So I had... <laughs> Uh, karma being what it is. I had the opposite thing this week where we had a major weather event and some genuine safety concerns and uh, no one knew, didn't make the news. And 
as far as I can tell. Like it did it didn't make the news to the extent that when it started happening, we were like, hmm? and then my partner was like, Oh, I think I heard something about a windstorm. But the first thing that happened was smoke blo- like smoke blocked out the sun. And you know, I mean that's a that's a interesting slash exciting thing to happen on a Monday night when yeah. you're just trying to drive home. And it's like maybe we shouldn't take the highway because visibility is down from like typical day ten miles to like this day, like third to half of a mile and you're just thinking mm-hmm. about like semi trucks blowing over on the highway and stuff so um i don't know if it counts i don't know if, if windstorm counts as an adventure update but um yeah you sent me a picture and i was like that looks like fall because i was thinking oh it's like a foggy morning and you're like that smoke and i was like oh because <laughs> yeah. like my brain i was like you're not on fire it's fine <laughs> Yeah, I mean, California's on fire once again, which for the record is not because a bunch of Democrats live there. I, I, I've been given to understand that that's like a real belief that people have and um, no, and no, and no. And like, I think all the questions we're asking, which are like, how come they didn't do, like if it were that simple, they would have done the thing, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want their house, houses to burn down either. But so- so yeah, we had a day of like conflicting political rallies. And so I was a little worried we'd like run into the one driving between our two homes. The smoke was like going crazy. We got back and of course the power went out, but it just was like the end of a long, not in a bad way, but like the end of a weekend in which we had been a lot of different places and had no energy and we're just like coming back to kind of crash and have mm-hmm. dinner and go to sleep. So the power goes out and I'm so annoyed because we have all this stuff, backpacking, biking, camping, sailing. We've got it all. We've got water filtration systems, sleeping bags, lanterns. Not only like we each have two headlights, um, just all the stuff we've got bad weather gear we've got tents we've got waterproof matches we've got rain gear flashlights lanterns bike lights specialty knives i mean like you like it's not that we have so much stuff but we have the minimum required gear for like six or seven different things Mm -hmm. but i realized like we're at my place well all the food that we just bought we put on we put on the sailboat because like mm-hmm. that's that what you like, bought it for <laughs> yeah i mean that was it was just like okay we gotta we gotta do a better job like having food there or like the camping gear was in my partner's car and we had gone back and forth a few times and it was like oh and so like i had a little bit of fuel and we had enough stuff but i was it was just annoying to realize we had kind of a minimal amount of stuff and so i spent like part of today trying to figure out like emergency kit stuff and i love wire cutter which is this like review site that instead of telling you instead of giving you a bunch of reviews it just tells you what to buy and mm-hmm. you can read the whole article and figure out why they recommended that but it'll be like their top pick their budget pick um and like full disclosure i haven't worked for them but i have a friend who does but that's kind of incidental actually but I, I like it. The review isn't always like perfect. Like the pick isn't perfect, but it's usually pretty good. And so I was going through their whole list. Like, so I talked to you this morning, right? And mm-hmm. I told you, oh, I have my list. Hang on. I brought my list. It fell on the floor. My list was like 
propane canisters, freeze-dried meals, jugs of water, headlamp batteries, lanterns, phone charger. And that was like last night I wrote down this list of like stuff I wish I had had like easily accessible, not like, oh, we got to look through the entire adventure closet. I don't have a linen closet. I have adventure closet, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, is, which is a train wreck. But that's another story. But so we don't have to look through all of this stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. So then, then I'm reading this wire cutter article today and just realizing that like, first of all, it's a website that like makes money if you use their affiliate links to buy stuff. So they're mm-hmm. not going to recommend a minimalistic amount of gear, but they had so many things. And I was like, shit, like technically, I guess like we should have a fire extinguisher just in life. And like, why don't I have a fire? Why don't I have a fire extinguisher? Like, what the heck? You know? And then mm-hmm. like... I don't know, like a radio question mark. Do I need a rate? Like, and then like the amount of water that they had said, like I was like a few gallons. They were like a minimum of seven gallons per person. And their big recommendation was this drum of water. Like, I don't know, it was like 128 gallons of water or something. This thing was going to weigh 480 pounds. So you could probably do the math on how much water that is. I mean, it was, it was like, I'm totally overwhelmed now. And like, I just spent time being like, well, I should definitely buy more AA batteries or whatever. Or we should have like, I think I'm going to try to get like one of those Rubbermaid bins and like, just put it under the bed so you could pull it out and it would be like stuff. Mm-hmm. But then what am I supposed to do? Like, am I supposed to have two, two back? Like, cause then like the backpacking stuff's going to be in the other closet or I don't know. Maybe it's like it would be in two places, but like you would have, mm-hmm. but you know, in general, it's so annoying it because you know, you're like, odds are that you're never going to need this stuff and space is at a premium. And I don't want to spend money on like, like annoying things, but like what? I mean, odds are you like, will like, need it again. Yeah. And like FEMA's official recommendations are like, I'm sorry, somewhat unfollowable. Like we're just not we're never going to have a hundred gallons of water in the house. Like it just, it doesn't, I'm like, we should, maybe we should leave on the boat. Cause at least there would always be water. We could just have a filtration system when we wouldn't die, but you know, and then like, Oh, it's just so you know, Laura, like if it ever comes down to it, you can drink all the water in your hot water heater, which is, I think they said like 30, usually like 32 gallons or something. So that's something. Mm-hmm. Although if it, if it tips over because you didn't secure it to the wall, like you were supposed to, because if it tips over, then you can like break the gas line and that's bad. Cause then everything explodes. So if you're in like earthquake zone, that's more of an issue. So, I mean, uh, now Hilarious, I, had my, like, <laughs> I, I had my little list and it was going to cost like, $50 to get a few batteries and some instant meals and some extra fuel. And now like FEMA says, not only do I have to have this whole like Rubbermaid bin full of everything in on God's green earth, but also I apparently need an extra pair of shoes and an extra pair of gloves and a flashlight right under the bed because if there's an earthquake. Then, like the first thing that happens to people is they cut up their hands and feet because like all this, there's like stuff falling and then they're walking over it trying to get to their other stuff. And I'm just, I'm not buying an extra pair of shoes. And there's no way Is I'm going to- Portland an earthquake area? Yeah. Okay. Because I know you, you can... don't have tornadoes because I confirmed that today. <laughs> I know. 
it was really hard it was really hard for me to not be in a basement last night like i kept saying like this is definitely tornado weather so i think it's called the cascade fault line or something gotcha yeah but there's like been a bunch of articles about how we might blah 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 the cascadia subduction zone is a convergent plate boundary that stretches from northern vancouver island in canada to northern california in the united states so it's basically like this big long fault line and it would probably like it's much worse for california Mm -hmm. and it's like like tsunamis are a concern and there's just there's no expert consensus on how much risk we're at the thought is obviously like at the coast those people are in the most risk but whether or not a tsunami could reach portland like whether or not a wave could be that big is a point of argument but delightfully a bunch of our bridges are not earthquake ready so like the new ones are but the older ones it just they were built before that was a concern Mm -hmm. and so theoretically like there haven't been earthquakes in a while but like we're due for a big one which which either means there will be one or there won't be one so right pretty much the same Uh, for this podcast (laughs) (laughs) like the podcast it'll either happen next week or not i don't know i just I don't think like I I wouldn't feel bad if I was unprepared because I was unprepared because I would be like, well, I was like enjoying my life. But when I get prepared and then I'm still unprepared is where I feel like frustrated and just we may be like splitting our time between too many different places or things or something. But we're getting to the point where I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like buy 12 pairs of socks and put three pairs in four different loads. Like I was like, one should be in your car and one should be where you sleep, but we sleep two different places. And sometimes we're on the boat. So like, so do I really need four sets of stuff? No, it's, we got to figure something out, Laura. I think you were prepared. You just were at the wrong location for the preparedness. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing is like, you don't want to be on the boat in a gigantic windstorm. I, well, the boat's probably, I think if we could have done it again, we would have enjoyed being on the boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not like sailing, but docked yeah. in a safe yeah. harbor. Yeah. No, I think that makes total sense. I mean, really, at the end of the day, because the boat is like, there's, yeah, if worse came to worse, there's water right there. Although the filtration system, well, the filtration system's in one of our cars, so. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Which would be with the boat. Yeah ironically it's like being in our homes is like our least safe our least prepared place because we're ready for other things Mm -hmm. also i should own a fire extinguisher what the hell do you have a fire extinguisher in your house i think there's one underneath my um sink but I didn't provide it. I think the apartment did. Oh, they probably have some sort of, well, they probably just don't want the building to burn down. I'm trying to think if like, I don't think that past landlords have done it because I, I've bought at least four or five fire extinguishers over the years, but then I move and they expire and then God knows what happens to them. And here we are. Mm. I guess, I guess, I guess the TLDR of this is, if there's a disaster, look for us on the boat because we probably got hungry and I wanted like my rice pasta and my lentil soup. And so I went where I, I'm telling you all the cliff bars 
I've just spent a hundred dollars at Target on like beef jerky and this thing called Tasty Bite. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a Tasty Bite? They have them at gas stations. It'll be like, it's like Indian instant meals, Indian cuisine. Mm-hmm. And it'll be like <laughs> chana masala and you just pour in the boiling water and it makes, and I have to say it's tasty. So but I got, I got, I got all the, I'm telling you, I got all the things. And then there I was. And I have this emergency lantern that literally takes eight D, D batteries. Like, so in the, the money that it takes to replace the batteries in the lantern, I could have just bought a new LED lantern. <sighs> At one point I found a flashlight and found a battery then unscrewed the back of the flashlight, set it down, lost it in the dark, found the battery, never found the other part of the thing. The best tool that we had for the whole thing was my partner is driving uh, a car on life support. And he has like one of those automatic starters for if your battery fails, where Mm -hmm. you don't need, you don't need another car. You can just hook it up. And it also had on it like this thing that will charge any cell phone. Like it has all the cords. Mm -hmm. And so the magical moment when he was like, oh, I could charge your phone. Well done.